I was forced to start homeschooling my second year of high school, which of course I didn't want to do because I'd rather go hang out with my friends, go to parties, my best friends that are here, know that I just sat at home with them and ate and watched TV and that's all I did pretty much all of high school. Um, but my treatment severely interrupted my days and I eventually had to give up my horseback riding career that I dreamt of having since I was a kid and before I could remember. Um, which was my dream of my life and what I did every single day until I got sick and kind of just stopped and realized I didn't have the brain power to really ride horses anymore. So that was the end of that. And um, I know what it feels like to not want to get out of bed from bone pains and exhaustion and days on end and not want to socialize or be around people because the anxiety and brain fog just isn't worth it. Um, taking naps in between work days at lunch. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Hive Mind, a pop culture podcast. My name is Erin and I am your host. Earlier this week, supermodel Bella Hadid posted a series of photos and a caption about her treatment for chronic Lyme disease. The photos feature Bella with needles in her arm, messy hair, and pale skin sprawled on her bed, her couch, a lawn chair outside. Riley Keough, granddaughter of Elvis Presley and star of the Prime video series Daisy Jones and the Six, gave an interview with Vanity Fair last week where she stated she's in Switzerland to receive treatment for her Lyme. Apparently, Switzerland, quote, offers all kinds of things you can't really do in America yet, like cleaning your blood, she says. Shortly after seeing both of these, I saw a tweet or, <laughs> I don't know, an X post an, an X, uh, from the user at Soph Ross that reads, I need an investigative documentary on chronic Lyme and why it appears to only afflict the wealthy and beautiful. The responses varied, everything from chiding Ross for mocking and dismissing an illness, a lot of like, how dare you kind of stuff, to conspiracy theory-like ideas. Um, one user at Emily underscore E says chronic Lyme is publicist code for rehab. <laughs> Immediately I was like, this is so interesting. Like I have to go on a deep dive. So I did. <laughs> the, the language of chronic Lyme first started to make an appearance in the 80s, also around the same time as chronic fatigue. It was highly contested from the very start and was even given this derogatory nickname, Yuppie Flu. Uh, a 1980s issue of Newsweek called it, quote, a fashionable form of hypochondria, while many others thought it was kind of more similar to burnout from stress or travel. Doctors who diagnose it are typically regarded by the medical community as practicers of pseudoscience, even today. Regular Lyme disease, which affects about 25,000 people per year, is easily treated, and it's cleared up by antibiotics within a couple of weeks. There are a lot of patients getting treatment for a kind of persistent, long-term Lyme that can survive antibiotics. Only the thing is, chronic Lyme doesn't officially exist. According to the Centers for Disease Control, it's not a thing. 
So as this whole medical debate is raging, there are communities of patients gathering online and self-diagnosing. They accuse their doctors of ignoring them, dismissing them as crazy. At the same time, doctors say they have patients with this whole host of symptoms showing up and demanding treatment for chronic Lyme. As all While the length of Riley Keough's trials with her so-called chronic Lyme are unknown, Bella Hadid's post, which includes medical documents from when she was like a literal child, states that she's been living with this illness for over a decade. Between messages of love and support in the comments, there were people telling her that posting like this was irresponsible. It's the same thing that's happened since like the earliest days of COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Celebrities, you know, sharing their two cents. I often think of one of COVID's most iconic moments, Nicki Minaj claiming in complete earnest that her cousin's friend's wife dumped him at the altar because the vaccine made his balls swell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like the internet, it's mostly democratic and most people are medically illiterate. We maybe wrongly assume that people so rich would be getting the best care, the most accurate care. They'd be up to date on information, but rich and famous people are medically illiterate too, obviously. <laughs> There's other perspectives on chronic Lyme, though. Some people believe it's real, but it's new and not completely understood by the medical community. It's hard to diagnose and usually requires extensive testing. That being said, so much devotion to figuring out what's wrong with you is a privilege only the wealthy can afford. Most of us have to get back to work eventually, suck it up and just figure out how to live with our bodies being, you know, a little bit off. Bella Hadid hasn't modeled for almost a year, and she's obviously still living a lavish lifestyle. We're just fundamentally not the same. I think the key here is that Bella Hadid is sick, whatever way you slice it. If she says she's not well, she's not well. Like, who am I? I, I don't know. There's, there's no reason for me to disbelieve a woman's intuition about her own body. I think we live in a society, though, where certain illnesses are privileged above others. Certain are seen as more legit, uh, more worthy of care, more linear. Obviously, anything emotional is dismissed by the whole it's all in your head crowd, um, though mental illness typically requires actual health care and medication to manage and thrive with. And then sicknesses like addiction or eating disorders are often demonized and regarded as personal faults. If Bella Hadid was struggling with either of those, it would be less cool and certainly less righteous for her to admit, which is sad because either way, she is sick. Bella, who I really like, who's a huge fashion inspiration of mine, is known for her super slim frame, definitely more in line with like the hyper skinny supermodels of the 90s, her mother's era, than with today's post body posse entertainment world. Um, her mom, Yolanda Hadid, notoriously was like an almond mom, maybe the inventor of that term. Um, and she had apparently pushed really strict eating patterns on all her kids at a really young age. Women's bodies, especially those that are menstruating, need nourishment. Recently, I was talking to one of my close friends about how our periods feel to us. <laughs> Just, you know, girl talk. 
And um, while there are many similarities like nausea and dizziness and cramps, there were so many differences. The way that each woman articulates this pain, this pain that we all bear, our natural pain, is different. My friend and I wondered together whether all women just have different tolerances. Am I more of a baby than she is about certain things, vice versa? We ultimately decided that our experiences are just too unique to compare. Even within ourselves, month to month, our menstrual symptoms can change wildly. Some months, women's periods can be a breeze, and other months, they can result in suicidal thoughts, debilitating pain, vomiting, loss of self. My hormonal ups and downs are so deeply linked with my mental health and physical health that sometimes it's hard to tell what's what, what needs to be looked into and investigated, what I need people to believe, and what's just normal. Most of us don't have the resources to constantly measure how we're feeling against how others are feeling, unless we're rich and can be idle, scrolling through paranoid subreddits and online forums where women compare their symptoms and try to find solidarity and peace. It's a running joke, right? That, you know, when you, when you Google how you feel within minutes, you're convinced you have lupus or, or fibromyalgia, these other chronic illnesses that are steeped in as much mystery as chronic Lyme. As I was preparing for this episode, I even like made it a point for myself not to research too hard because I don't want the algorithm picking up on like the nervous animalistic part of my brain that wants a concrete solution to the way that my body ebbs and flows. <laughs> It's a slippery slope. When you read one article, it can lead you down this weird ass path where the information is not incorrect, but it's certainly stretched to fit a singular narrative or to keep you clicking. Very few internet articles really let a topic breathe. Anyway, the whole idea that there's a normal way to inhabit a body is maybe the reason chronic Lyme exists. Of course, we want to move through this life with the least amount of suffering, but who's to say that some of that suffering isn't like embedded in the condition of being human? You know what I mean? Bella Hadid and Riley Keough, along with many other young celebrities and influencers, favor holistic healing over traditional medicine. They swear by these off-the-beaten-path wellness practices and... They sort of insinuate that we'd all be better off if we only discovered them. Recently, I stumbled upon this video of um, Kendall Jenner and Hailey Bieber getting like a quick IV drip before an event with, you know, the same casual air that I would have like grabbing a coffee with my friend before work. IV drips are a favorite among musicians. Like so many of my favorite singers pump themselves full of fluids on the road so they don't get sick and don't have to cancel shows. But nobody I know in real life is doing that. It's hard to tell if Bella, Riley, and all these others are seeing these quack doctors because they have a genuine distrust for traditional medicine or if they simply believe this type of treatment is like more cool or more glamorous. There are so many undertones in their posts or comments that are like stars. They're just like us undertones, but they don't recover like us. They don't even have the same illnesses we have. Doctors that ID themselves as Lyme literate apparently only need to take one certification course in order to operate a particular test that reads more accurately than others or 
that results in a chronic Lyme diagnosis more often. This test is almost never covered by insurance. So the only ones who can really afford it are the Bella Hadids and the Riley Keos of the world. This means that there is an overrepresentation of chronic Lyme in celebs and the wealthy elite. It's a direct link. They also typically spend a lot of time in like the Hamptons and small town Connecticut where certain ticks are endemic. And a lot of them, like Bella Hadid, are frequently horseback riding. So it's like easy for this population to believe that their aches, pains, and tiredness are caused by Lyme. It would make sense. I read an article in The Cut that stated, quote, In the world of chronic Lyme, doctors are trustworthy or not based on their willingness to treat Lyme. Tests are trustworthy or not based on their ability to confirm Lyme. Lyme is the fundamental fact and you work backward from there. One user on X named at LNBSHR, uh, they wrote, quote, why do people with money believe that getting excessive medical testing ensures health? You want a disease so bad? Well, yeah, you're going to get one. The treatment being provided to those with chronic Lyme has side effects that are so severe that people feel sicker after they receive it. One common drug called Mapron results in dangerously low blood pressure. It's confirmation bias. Still, many in the community believe detoxing is good for you and healing is like supposed to feel bad. They liken it to cancer patients getting chemotherapy. How can anyone reason with that logic? Like I mentioned earlier, chronic Lyme has been a thread in elite circles since the 80s. And I think a huge takeaway in Bella Hadid's whole situation is the fact that her mom and brother also apparently have it. Yolanda Hadid's Lyme diagnosis was a major plot line when she was a cast member on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she's since become like a forward-facing advocate in the chronic Lyme survivor community, alongside people like Avril Lavigne and Kelly Osbourne. The mother of supermodels Gigi and Bella Hadid is opening up about her struggle with Lyme disease, chronic Lyme. It's her beautiful new book. It's called Believe Me, Trying to Raise Awareness. And I recently had a chance to sit down with her and we talked all about it. I think that people have judgment of things that they don't understand. The CDC mm -hmm. says that chronic Lyme doesn't exist. Well, I'm here to tell you that it does exist. And you, you were know? very honest about it. You had resources, but yeah. it didn't guarantee anything. It didn't guarantee anything. And, and also, yeah. you want to make sure that people don't, who have such limited resources, that they don't waste their money on something. Yeah. We all deserve to get the same treatment and the same chances in life. Feeling that you're, you know, more privileged than other people and can get certain treatments that others can't get. I mean, that was like, that makes me emotional because that is the worst feeling of all of it. I've had the pleasure of meeting your daughters. They are the most down-to-earth, approachable, lovely young women. How have they helped you through this journey? There was nights that Gigi was in the car driving me to the hospital, the two kids holding me in the back. It's brought us closer. I'm so grateful that I have my amazing mom to force me to take my medications, get my IVs, go to our never-ending doctor's appointments, and for always understanding me when I say I'm just not okay today. There's nobody I could have learned my strength from more than her and our experiences together. Yeah, let's give her a round of applause. <laughs> In many ways, these celebrities are making Chronic Lyme their brand, a central tenant of their identities. 
This made me think about Lena Dunham, who got the word sick tattooed on her back. Now, you've talked a lot about health. You mentioned the body and just everything um, that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about. They're not comfortable listening to. This is men and women. This is a, a genderless issue. Will you talk to me about your health where you've been, where it's at now, because I have been wrapped in your journey as a woman. Well, that means so much. And, and from the beginning of my health struggle, something that I was really committed to was the idea that I was not going to keep it a secret because we're in a culture that sees sick women as hysterical women. And we're in a business, you and I, that doesn't look kindly on illness because we people are working at such a pace with so much money involved that for someone to be in any way unable to show up or potentially, you know, a liability. And so I wanted to bring it out into the open. You know, I, I knew for a long time that I was sick with endometriosis. It caused an enormous amount of pain, health challenges. Um, but I also knew something deeper was going on with my body. And so I undertook an exploration and came to understand that I also have an underlying health condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is a connective tissue um, disease that causes um, base, like diffuse musculoskeletal pain and a number of other sort of random but interlinked symptoms. I also have a form of autoimmune arthritis. That Dunham claims that she lives with endometriosis, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, fibromyalgia, and chronic Lyme. She once wrote in an essay, quote, I worry it's too much of a mouthful that nobody will believe so many diagnoses because you can't get struck by lightning twice. It's all interconnected, I explain. I'm the scientist, the historian, the comedian, just trying to figure out how. Are these celebrities narcissists? Is that why Bella Hadid is posting literal medical documents on Maine? Maybe, but aren't we all? I know when I feel sick, even if it's just with a cold, I want someone to take care of me, wish me well, check in on me, tell me I'm brave. It's hard to be a person with a body. And we live in a capitalist society that requires us to be strong and get well soon, that rewards the fighters and tells people they're being cowardly if they give up. Of course, suffering can also be alluring and poetic. Bella, Riley, and Lena, like many of us, grew up during an era where Tumblr posts of sullen girls with bruises were the epitome of beauty, where our favorite buzzy films were The Faults in Our Stars, Five Feet Apart. We loved a breathing tube, a bandage. <laughs> Even as children, we'd yearn to break our arms because the cast would grant us attention at school. Glamorization of illness is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes glamorizing an illness is the only way you have control or power over it. Honestly, there are very few ways for stars to generate empathy toward themselves. It's why so many hot 20-something-year-old public figures constantly talk about how they were bullied in middle school. We, as the audience, have all this weird internalized misogyny towards someone, someone like Margot Robbie. And then the second she says, like, I was such an awkward teenager, <laughs> we allow ourselves to release that and we embrace her as human. <sighs> Most of us, we just have a really fraught relationship with our bodies, with our eating, our energy. Being sick or just feeling off is vulnerable and isolating. We feel antsy when discussing our symptoms because 
it's all subjective. How do I know that what is painful to me isn't just the everyday state of living in your body? Plus, medicine is an imperfect practice. We're always sitting on the brink of risk. Most of us tend to visit the doctors that are closest to us location-wise or who our insurance takes, not necessarily who is the best in the country or the world, who has the best track record for not screwing up. All of this is so anxiety-inducing. I definitely don't blame those who struggle to tread in it. I guess I'll leave you with a question. In a world where perception and reality are so deeply confused, especially on social media, how do we be compassionate to those who are ill without enabling scammy, money-hungry wellness practices that fuck us all? There's no easy answer. I'd be curious to hear what you think. Reach out on Instagram at HiveMindPopCulture or on X at HiveMindThePod. Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate you. Um, I want to play you out with some music, but this isn't really like a music heavy episode. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be super real with you. I'm going to shuffle my liked songs on Spotify and whatever comes up is going to be our lead out song for today for you to enjoy. <laughs> so here we go. All right. We got How Many Mics by the Fugees. Great song from back in the 90s. Hope you enjoy. If you never heard this song before, I recommend if this is a classic in your repertoire, vibe out, zone out, and uh, make sure you leave a rating on this episode or, or on my show on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen. Thank you so much. Bye. Yo, how many mics do we rip on the deli? Send me, say many money. Send me, say many, many, many. How many mics do we rip on the deli? Many money. Send me, say many, many, many. I get mad frustrated when I rhyme. Thinking of all them kids that try to do this for all the wrong reasons. Seasons change, mad things rearrange, but it all stays the same like the love Doctor Strange. I'm tame like the rapper. Get red like a snapper when they do that. Got your whole block saying true that. If only they knew that. It was you who was irregular. Soldier sold for some secular music. This whack plus you use that. Loop over and over. Claiming that you got a new style. Your attempts are futile. Ooh, child. You're pure. Brainwaves are sterile. You can't create. You just wait to take my tape. Lace with malice. Hands get callous. From ripping microphones from here to Dallas. Go ask Alice if you don't believe me. I get inner visions like Stevie. See me. Ascend from the chalice like the weeby. Indeed, we like Calip Muhammad. MCs make me vomit. I get controversial. Freaking style with no rehearsal. Ooh. Contrail move, friend. Don't you even go there. Me without a mic is like a bee without a snare. I dare to tear into your ego. We go way back like some ganja and Poliquo or Coleco. Vision, my mind's making decisions in your anatomy. And I back this with Deuteronomy. Or Leviticus, God made this word. You can't get with this. Sweet like licorice, dangerous like syphilis. Yeah. yeah. How many mics do we rip on the deli? Mini money. Say me, say many, many, many. How many mics do I rip on the deli?